journey through the Bible this year. And each week that we take another book of the Bible and um, we're looking at the Bible from 30,000 feet, uh, a flyover, all right? And yet on Wednesday nights in our individual studies, we get into it a, a little deeper. We zoom down maybe 10,000 feet or something like that. But um, at any rate, it has been a great blessing to be able to, to see how all the Bible fits together. You know, many times we're, we're very um, segmented in, in our study of the Bible, but it has an overwhelming message and that often repeats itself. <clears throat> and in Second Kings <clears throat> is one of the sadder books of all, <clears throat> excuse me, of all of Jewish history. It um, tells us about Solomon's kingdom in all its glory, First and Second Kings. And then how all of that just falls apart and um, the nation is divided into the northern kingdom Israel and the southern kingdom Judah. And Israel ends up conquered by Assyria and the book ends up Judah is captive of Babylon and um, there, there are not many stories of good news in the book of Second Kings. Um, one of the key verses of Second Kings is in Second Kings chapter 10 and verse 32, where he says, "In those days the Lord began to cut off parts of Israel." And it goes on and tells about that. Well, God was cutting off parts of Israel as part of the chastening hand of God. <clears throat> and we are reminded of the proverb in Proverbs fourteen twelve: There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Also in Proverbs, we read in Proverbs 29 and verse 18, it says, Where there is no revelation of people responding to the truth of God, the people perish. In Second Kings, there are 19 kings over Israel and Judah. And we read about the decline of these kings. Very few of them sought after the Lord. Those that did, it was, um, for the most part, they would leave the high places. They would seek after God, but it wasn't a, a wholehearted seeking after God in, in many cases. But one of the things that you will notice 
throughout the book of 2 Kings is that God continues to speak to his people. I I have an interest in the NCAA basketball playoffs. I like watching the coaches, and I like the halftime, too. I like those four guys on the halftime. And I even like some of the ads. Charles Barkley, I love alerts. You've seen that, have you? Any of you that pay? any rate, they interviewed a coach at halftime, and his team, I don't know, they were up by 18 points. And they asked him, um, pretty good first half, um, what, what did you see out there? He said, we would be up by a lot more if we didn't have so many turnovers. We had turnovers, it's inexcusable, and he was going into the locker room to talk to them about turnovers. Up by 18 points, he still had something to say, right? There's always room for improvement. God always has something to say. And in the book of Second Kings... It is during this time that God repeatedly sent prophets to the nation Israel and Judah. We know about Elijah. We know about Elisha. Elijah was a prophet of judgment. Elisha was a prophet of grace. We know about a godly priest named Jehoiada that provided great counsel to one of the kings that was godly. But we seldom put together this, that God spoke to the prophets through the prophets to Israel. God spoke through Hosea and Amos and Joel to the nation Israel. We're in, we're in second Kings. You go to the back of the Old Testament, and you will find Hosea and Joel and Amos. To Judah, God raised up Joel and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah and Nahum and Habakkuk and Zephaniah. You read all those books and they were prophets that were during the time of the kings of Second Kings. So if you just look at Second Kings, you're thinking, man, they just had a free fall. And yeah, they did have a free fall. But God kept stepping into those nations' lives. And he kept bringing them messages through these prophets. And God continually was speaking to them. For example... The book of Hosea. Hosea's name means salvation. And it pictures Christ as the healer of the backslider. What an amazing message to give to the nation Israel. That as, as they're sliding away from God, going away from God, he raises up a prophet and Hosea comes on the scene. And we're not going to take the time, but Hosea brings a message that God can heal your backsliding. 
Along comes Amos. Amos, an interesting account, a prophet that is raised up as God's, God's farmer, so to speak, God's husbandman. And he spoke great hope to the children of Israel. When they will have a restored kingdom and, and tried to paint the picture for them of what God was going to do to try to arrest their movement away from God. In Judah, the, the small southern kingdom, God raised up Joel. His name means Jehovah is my God and he pictures Christ as the restorer. Are you seeing a pattern here? The nation is moving away from God, and God raises up prophets to stand in their way and say, God can restore you. He raises up Joel. God can restore you. He raises up Isaiah. The theme of Isaiah is salvation. His name literally means Jehovah saves And Isaiah portrays Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And Isaiah gives many, many warnings. Woe to you that call evil good and good evil. I mean, here's Isaiah coming on the scene and and these kings are turned their back on God. They're going their own way. And Isaiah is coming on the scene and standing, woe. You're calling evil good and good evil and, and Isaiah brings judgment against their, their false teachings and ways. And then along comes Jeremiah. God raised up Jeremiah and he said, I want you to go and prophesy and speak the truth to Judah. And he used him to illustrate the truth in many unique and really bizarre ways. And we're not going to get into that today. But Jeremiah went to them and again, it was God giving them a warning. God painting a picture for them. This is what you're headed to. And they disregarded it. Micah. He was a prophet of hope looking forward to the Messiah. Nahum, his name means that God is a jealous God. So here, this nation that was handpicked by God, moving away from God, Nahum comes on the scene and he's speaking the mouthpiece of God and he says, God is a very jealous God. And God is a powerful God, and you are carrying a burden that is too heavy for you. Then along comes Habakkuk, the prophet, declared that the righteous must live by faith. That's a sound of springtime, isn't it, huh? Aren't you glad that window's open, huh? I knew you were paying attention to it, so I might as well call attention to it, and now we'll get back to it, all right? But Habakkuk is a prophet that declared the righteous will live by faith. Again, trust God. Trust God. Nation, will you trust God? And then Zephaniah. 
concludes with the wonderful promises of God's restoration to Israel. I say all of this to say, you read kings and you just read, this king did evil in the sight of the Lord and this king did evil and they went into their idolatry. But all the way through, God was coming into their life and giving them warnings. God was speaking to them. And yet, God speaks and man fails. Isaiah 30 and verse 15 says, For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved in quietness and confidence shall be your strength and you would not. Notice what Isaiah was saying to Israel and Judah. In returning to God, you would have rest and you will be saved, but you would not. Jeremiah twenty nine nineteen. Because they have not hearkened to my word, saith the Lord, which I sent unto them by my servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them, but you would not hear them. Similar to Jesus in his ministry in Matthew chapter 23, in which he said, Oh, Jerusalem, looking over Jerusalem, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that kill the prophets and stone them that I sent unto you. He's thinking of these prophets that he sent, giving them warning. He says, how often I would have gathered you to me as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And ye would not. No one is ever going to be able to say that God never spoke. The failure is in mankind. God would gather us to him, but we would not. And man fails over and over again. And, and Kings reveals this, this eternal battle, or not eternal, but a spiritual battle that is taking place that Satan is trying to disrupt and destroy God's plan for Israel. If he can wipe out Israel, he can stop the Messiah from coming. If he can destroy the line of David, there will not be a Messiah. But in Second Kings, we see how hard Satan worked to destroy God's chosen people, both politically and spiritually. But God's promise of redemption prevailed, and God always prevails. There have been a spiritual warfare going on from the time that Lucifer fell with his own pride to the Garden of Eden. And we have seen in our study through the Bible so far, over and over again, Satan is trying to derail the plan of God, and nothing can derail the plan of God. Let me just quickly give you some lessons that we can learn from 2 Kings. Number one, God speaks. We must listen. God is speaking today. Number one, we, we have a great advantage over Israel and Judah. We have the Word of God. 
We have the Bible. This is God's Word. He speaks to us. But how many in our land today are even listening? How many believers today even listen? I'm not saying going to church and listening. I'm saying listen to the Word of God in their own personal lives. God is speaking first and foremost in in His Word, but God is speaking everywhere you look. The heavens declare the glory of God. Did you see the full moon this last week? That's shouting the glory of God. You see the birds showing up here, the geese flying north. That's shouting the glory of God. You look in the mirror. Ah, that's not. That's shouting the glory of God. You may not think so, but the very fact that your eyeball can focus on that which is near and immediately focus on that which is far, that our whole body shouts the glory of God. And you have to be willfully ignorant to not hear God speaking. But the average person today does not listen to the speaking of God. But it's not enough to just hear God. We must obey Him. Those people in Kings heard the prophets, but it didn't change them. You know, I guess it is a good thing to go to church. But you know what? If all you do is hear, it doesn't do any good. If we are hearers of the word, James says, and not doers of the word, we are deceiving ourselves. As we said, God is speaking. There are things that come into your life that God and His Spirit, He he prompts you. Pay attention. I mean, last Sunday morning, we closed our morning service with the announcement that Marilyn Watts is at home with the Lord. That's God speaking to every one of us right here. You don't know, and I don't know, what a day holds. And we better value That's God speaking to us if we'd listen. And, and every day in every one of our lives... God's sending prophets, if you please. He's sending His Spirit, and He's speaking, and He's trying to get our attention. But we're often just like Israel and Judah. We go on our way. It's not enough to just hear God. We must obey Him. Thirdly, there are severe consequences to not following God's counsel. And read Second Kings. From all their glory to being in bondage and slaves. Remember, we go back. They were slaves to Egypt. God liberated them there. God raised up a king. God gave them Solomon, the glory of that kingdom. And now they're back in bondage again to Assyria and to Babylon. Severe consequences. We're, we read about it in First Kings with, with Solomon. We read about it in Samuel. We've read about it. 
There are always severe consequences when we do not follow God's counsel. You know, our nation is experiencing consequences, and the consequences will get more severe because as a nation, we're not following God's counsel. Number four, God always desires to forgive and restore. He doesn't care how far down we go. God kept sending. I mean, they were, they were worshiping the gods of Baal, and yet he'd send his prophet, and he'd say, repent and turn to me, and I will heal you. But they would not. God's heart is always one of restoration and forgiveness. And he sends the consequences to get our attention. And yet his heart is always desirous to forgive and restore. That's the gospel. Number five, God desires prophets to speak and live truth in days of apostasy. We are living in days of apostasy, and God desires followers of His to be raised up to speak the truth. How would you like to bend Jeremiah? God came to Jeremiah, and He said, I'm raising you up. Israel is totally corrupt. They have turned away from me, but I'm raising you up to go speak to them. And then God says this, and they will not listen to you. Then why did God send him? Because God always wants a voice of truth. And he always brings out the voice of truth and forgiveness and restoration Whether they listen or not, God is desirous of we living in this world and living truth and speaking the truth because that is the only hope for this society. Al Mohler said, there comes a time when, as a believer, you stand in the midst of the debris and you explain How this happened. We are in the midst of debris in our nation. Our our homes and families are a wreck. Our nation going away from God. And yet we must be voices of truth. How did this happen? That's why we show a video like this. To be able to explain how do these things happen. And to point people to the only solution, Jesus Christ. God alone is responsible for the results. Our job is to live the truth and speak the truth as believers. What God does with it, as I said, Jeremiah, he said, they will not listen to you. Jeremiah didn't say, forget it, then I'm not going. What's the the use of that? He obeyed God. He went. He endured persecution and suffering. 
And our job is to live the truth and speak the truth, and God alone is responsible for the results. But remember this, nothing will stop the will of God. Nothing will stop the will of God. All all of Israel and Judah going away from God did not stop the will of God. It's like there is this, this locomotive train that is on the tracks. It's God, and nothing's going to stop it. The question is, you're either going to get on it, or you're going to miss it. You're either going to be enjoying it, his truth is marching on. And you're either going to be embracing it, or honestly, you'll be crushed by it, is what happens. When everything is said and done, there's only one standing, and that's Jehovah God. And he sends us many, many messages. He's speaking to us all the time because he loves us, just like he loved Israel and sent them all those prophets and those sad words, and ye would not. But you know the thing about Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah and Nahum and the others? God called them. To speak the truth. And he didn't say to them, and you did not. They obeyed. And they are heroes of the faith because they did it and left the results to God. And they realized, you know what, I want to follow God because nothing will stop the will of God. Where are you today? Have you, first of all, are you hearing what God speaks to some? He may be saying today, you need to call upon Jesus for the forgiveness of sin. Have you ever submitted and laid down your rebel arms and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me? As a believer, what are you hearing do you, have a, do you have a heart and an ear bent toward God? Do you bend your ear toward hearing the things from God's perspective? God's speaking. Are we listening? God's called us in this day and this time to live the truth and speak the truth and trust God. Leave the results to God. And rejoice. Nothing will stop the will of God. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would not be individuals like the nations of Israel and Judah, that even though you warned and even though you sent prophets, they would not. Lord, I pray for individuals here today that have never trusted you for the forgiveness of sins, I pray today that they would know the conviction of your Spirit to draw them to you and that they would say yes to you today. 
And then, Lord, I pray for every believer. I pray that we would repent of not listening to you, of not taking ourselves to the word, of not hearing the things that you're speaking to us. And, Lord, that that our calloused hearts would be peeled back and we'd be sensitive to your speaking to us today. I pray that we would be encouraged to know that we can be a part of your program, that we can be servants of yours, and that nothing will stop the will of you. Lord, may you find in us eager hearts to hear and obey. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to take our hymnals and uh, turn to 597, and you're immediately going to think, well, this is a, a patriotic song, the Battle Hymn of the Republic. But I want you to think of the words as we sing the first and third stanza. And to realize, as the song ends, glory, glory, hallelujah, His truth is marching on. All through kings, the wickedness of the people could not derail God's plan. His truth is marching on. Are you marching with Him? As we stand together, you're here today, you don't know Christ, I'd invite you to meet Andrew in the back. And if you know Christ, trust.